are aware by now that we're in the middle of a campaign that we are calling, I Love My Church. Hopefully by now it has become more than a campaign. Hopefully you have stopped and taken notice and looked around you at the big picture and have come to the conclusion all by yourself. And you also say, I love my church. I began this campaign with a sermon about why I love my church. And then for the past three weeks, we've been talking about because I love my church. Pastor Steve preached, because I love my church, I will be the church. Pastor Roger preached, because I love my church, I will support my church. Last Sunday, I preached, because I love my church, I will serve my church. We're going to wrap this campaign up today and next Sunday. And as I do that, I'm using for my subject, because I love my church, I will share my life with my church. Because I love my church, I will share my life with my church. Now in September, we're going to begin our fall schedule. And I want to tell you that I am very, very excited about this. And I truly believe that we're going to become a more well-rounded church. As we go into this fall uh, schedule, I believe that we're going to do, we're going to become more intentional and we're going to be doing some things on purpose. Sunday mornings, we're going to call the celebration and we're going to come in here on uh, every Sunday morning at nine o'clock and at 11 o'clock as we've been doing the last several years and we are going to celebrate the Lord together. How many understand that the church should be a place for celebration? But although it ought to be a place for celebration, that's not all that the church ought to be about. In fact, if we come together three times a week and all we do is celebrate, then I believe that we have missed some key ingredients to a successful church. The second and the fourth Sunday nights of every month, we are going to gather in small fellowship groups. We're calling these groups The Connection. The connection. They're going to meet from 6 p.m. on Sunday evening, the second and fourth uh, Sunday nights uh, of the month, from 6 p.m. until 7.30. And in these intimate small groups, we're going to begin to connect with one another. I want you to understand that the focus of these groups will be fellowship. Say fellowship. Fellowship. These are not to be Bible studies. These are not uh, uh, to be prayer meetings. They are not to be praise rallies. Eventually, we will probably implement a short devotion. And we certainly will take time in every one of these meetings to pray for specific needs and bear one another's burdens and share our heart and pray one for another. But these meetings, at these meetings, this will not be the focus. It will not be, uh, prayer will not be the focus. Bible study will not be the focus. Praise will not be the focus. But these will be very informal small groups designed for Fellowship. That's why we are calling them connection groups. Connecting people with people. In the book of Acts, chapter number 2, verse 42, when it talks about the early church, it says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread and in prayers. Notice what they were involved in. Yes, they were involved in doctrine. Yes, they had their times of Bible study when when, when they when they examined the Word of God and, and they were instructed in the Word of God and, and taught uh, doctrine from the Word of the Lord. Yes, they spent time in teaching. Yes, 
they broke bread together. Yes, they prayed together. But the Bible said, and fellowship. Fellowship was very, very important in the early church. And I think it needs to be very important in the church today. Now, Wednesday nights, we're, going, we're all going to gather back here uh, at the building. Uh, uh, the Royal Rangers are going to have their meeting. The Impact Girls Clubs are going to have their meeting. Project 1440 Youth Ministry will meet and have their meeting. The adults, all of those that are not involved in other ministries, will come in the auditorium for a time of praise and worship, a time of, of getting in the presence of the Lord and worshiping the Lord. And then these adults will be dismissed to go to a class. We're going to have several classes to choose from. Pastor Houston's class will be an ongoing class. His Bible class uh, that he's had for several years now will be continued. It'll be here in the auditorium. It'll, it'll be an ongoing class. It will always be available for those of you that are interested in that. All other classes... All other classes will uh, continue for eight, week, eight weeks at a time. At the end of the eight weeks, we will ask you to go to a different class. So you'll go to one class for eight weeks, then you'll go to another class for eight weeks, then you'll go to another class for eight weeks. And as you go from class to class, you will be able to meet new people, and you'll be able to receive a lot of really, really good teaching on a lot of, of different subjects. We're calling Wednesday night... The cultivation. The cultivation. Now the word cultivate means to develop or improve by education or training. I love my church. We're not just going to sit around and sit still and tread water. We're not just going to do the same old, same old. We're trying to move forward. We're trying to be more strategic. We're trying to be purposeful. We're trying to be relevant. As we celebrate and as we connect and as we cultivate... We will not just be a one-dimensional church. And I'm afraid that most churches or many churches today are one-dimensional. They're either all about the celebration and they have the same service three times a week and they celebrate, but that's all they do. Or maybe they're into Bible study or maybe they're into prayer or whatever, but they are one-dimensional. We don't want to be that around here. We want to be able to uh, uh, give you a more well-rounded ministry. Yes, we need to celebrate, and celebrate we are going to do, but we also need to connect. And how many understand that you cannot connect by running in here and celebrating and then running out? It takes time to connect. We also need to cultivate. We need to learn how to walk out our Christianity. We need to uh, uh, learn how to get off of the spiritual bottle and become grown up and mature saints and people of God. Well, this morning I want to start talking about the connection. Let me talk a little bit this morning about the connection. Because I love my church, I will share my life with my church. I will share my life by getting involved in a connection group. Now today and next Sunday, I want us to talk a little bit about relationships. The way that I will share my life with my church is through relationships. And there's three things I want to talk about this morning concerning relationships. Number one this morning, I want you to notice that we were created for relationships. We were created for relationships. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. God created man for relationships. 
Man should have a relationship with God. He should have a relationship with his spouse. He should have a relationship with his parents and with his children. He also ought to have a relationship with his brothers and his sisters in Christ. He ought to have some good, genuine Christian friends, great Christian relationships. God said it is not good for man to be alone. Life was meant to be shared. When you were born, you were not left alone to make it the best way that you could. No, you were born into a family. And most families have parents and they have brothers and they have sisters. They have grandmas, they have grandpas, they have aunts and uncles and cousins. Life at its best is never lived alone but lived as a family. Somebody said it well. A shared life is a full life. A shared life is a full life. Now, I am adamantly opposed to credit cards. But although I am adamantly opposed to credit cards, MasterCards, uh, MasterCard has some very good commercials on television. One of these commercials shows a dad and his son getting ready to go to a professional baseball game. And the announcer says, baseball cap, $20. Baseball glove, $40. Tickets to the game, $60. Hot dog and a Coke, $100. <laughs> Time spent together, priceless. The word relationship in its simplest form simply means doing life together. We were created for relationships. I think it's very, very interesting as you read through the story of creation in the first part of the book of Genesis. That God, the Bible said, made the sun, the moon, and the stars. That He made the oceans, and He made the rivers, He made the trees, He made the valleys, He made the lakes, He made the mountains. He he, he created all of the animals, and after God was finished with all of that, God said, it is good. The Bible says that God made man, and, and after God made man, God said, it is very good. And then when we come to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, for the very first time, God says, it is not good. It is not good. What is not good? It is not good for man to be alone. God created us for relationships. Notice Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Let us make man in our image. Notice the word us and the word our. God said, let us make man in our image. Relationship existed before the creation of man. You see, God is a triune being. There is only one God. And yet three separate and distinct beings make up the Godhead. We call this the Trinity. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Not three gods. One God manifested in three persons. And so Genesis 1 and 26, let us, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image. Therefore, just as the triune God has always been in relationship, so this triune God created us to be in relationship. God said, let us make man in our image. The image of God is three distinct And individual persons or beings living together in perfect harmony and unity. Sharing a relationship with each other. 
This is the image. This is the picture of the way that God wants man to live. You see, man was never created to live an isolated, lonely, segregated life. Doctors tell us that without the human touch, uh, that a newborn baby will die. You can give that newborn baby all of the necessities of life. You can give that, that baby food and drink. But if that baby is not held, and if that baby is not touched, and if that baby is not nurtured, even though that baby was born 100% healthy, and yet without the human touch, that baby will die. We were created... For relationships. Let's look at an interesting scripture. John chapter 17. Verses 20 and 21. John 17 verse 20 and 21. We understand that Jesus is winding down his earthly ministry. And he will soon go to the cross and give his life for the sin of the world. And here we find that Jesus prays for his disciples. And I think it's quite interesting what Jesus prayed for his disciples. Knowing that he's going away. Knowing that he's going to the cross. Knowing that he won't be around very much longer. He prays for his disciples. But what is it that he prays? What does he pray for his disciples? Surely, surely he will pray that they will be more spiritual. And with that ragtag bunch, that would have been a good prayer. Maybe he'll pray that they will be more faithful to church. Or maybe he would pray that they would give more money in the offering. And yet, no, not at all. Here's what Jesus prays. He says, I pray that they may be one. Let me ask you a question this morning. What is the number one factor in someone coming to Christ? And what is the number one factor in people choosing a local church? Is it the preaching? Is it the worship? Is it the programs? Is it the state of the art equipment? All of these things are important and all of these things play a part. And yet the very number one factor is relationships. The number one reason why people come to Christ is because somebody brought them to Christ. Someone brought them to Christ. Somebody introduced them To the love of Almighty God. The number one reason people come to Christ. They are brought to Christ by someone. The number one reason why people come to a particular church. And remain in a particular church. Is because they made a connection with some of the people. If New Bethel continues to grow. And through our growth we can do more for the kingdom of God. It will be because we were able to connect people with people. Jesus said in John 13 and 35, By this all will know that you are my disciples. How are people going to know that we are the disciples of Jesus Christ? Jesus said, By this all will know that you are my disciples. How? By the 12 pound cross that you wear around your neck? How will people know that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ? By the honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker that's on your car? How when somebody does honk you, you raise your fist at them? (laughs) Jesus said, by this all will know that you are my disciple. How how will people know that you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? By the King James English that you talk with? By the WWJD bracelet that you wear? 
around your hand. How are people going to know that you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus said, by this all will know you're my disciple if you have love one for another. We could say it like this. We are the most like God when we are involved in true loving relationships. Let me say that again this morning. We are the most like God when we are involved in true loving relationships. By this, Jesus said, oh, we'll know that you're my disciples. Or they will know that you're a follower of mine. Or they will know you are an imitator of me. By this, by what? That you have love one for another. Friend, if we truly have love one for another, we will desire to be in relationship with one another. I don't say to my wife, I love you, but I don't want to spend any time with you. I don't say to my son or my daughter or my granddaughters, I love you, but I don't have any time for you. I don't have any desire to be around you. No, no, one of the proofs of my love for them is my desire to be with them. The fact that I want to spend time with them, the fact that I want to develop a relationship with them, that is proof that I truly love them. Amen? If we as brothers and sisters in Christ truly love one another, we will have a desire to spend time with each other. We will desire to develop a relationship with one another. Three things about relationships I want to talk about this morning. Number one, we were created. We were created for relationships. But although we were created for relationships, the second thing I want to talk about this morning is that we are conditioned against relationships. We are conditioned against relationships. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like this. This sounds like a description of modern American culture to me. The me society. Today's American culture actually conditions us against relationships. Let me just mention four things that American culture teaches us that absolutely works against meaningful relationships. First of all, this morning, American culture teaches us to be private. American culture teaches us to be private. How many of you remember before television and air conditioners? Come on. A host of you in this, in this room, in this service. Before television and air conditioning, Americans sat outside of their houses and visited with their neighbors. I can remember as a little bitty boy growing up. Of course, I grew up in Oklahoma. And, you know, things are a little behind in Oklahoma. They're so far behind in Oklahoma. June bugs don't show up until August. That's behind, folks. But I remember as a little bitty boy... 
I have a hard time remembering when we, I, I do remember when we got a television. I wasn't a very big boy. And remember when we got air conditioning. But my, I remember my, my aunt, my uncle, my cousins who lived out in the country. They didn't have air conditioning or television for years. And I remember when I would go out there as a little boy and spend a week with my cousin. And every evening we would sit out on the front porch. They didn't have a television and they didn't have air conditioning. And so we would sit outside on the front porch and we would visit and people would come and people would go. And we would spend our evening sitting there visiting. And uh, then when the house cooled down a little bit, then we would go in the house after dark. Today, Americans come home from work and they push the button on the garage door opener. And the garage door opens up and they drive their car in. They push the button. The the garage door goes down. And they go into their house and hibernate until morning. They have caller ID and screening their calls. They text instead of talk. Or they type their words by way of Facebook. They don't have to see anybody. They don't have to talk to anybody. They don't have to interact with anybody. And a growing number of people today work from home. And so they don't have to go off to the office. So they don't have to go to the workplace. They can do their work sitting at their kitchen table in their BVDs. And all of this privacy conditions us against meaningful relationships. American culture teaches us to be private. It teaches us to be prideful. We're taught from childhood, big boys don't cry. Dry those tears. Put on a happy face. You don't want anybody to think that you're weak. We're taught that we can make it on our own. We're taught that we don't need anybody. We're taught to be self-sufficient. People let you down, we're told so. So don't depend on anybody but yourself. American culture teaches us to be private, to be prideful, to be productive. You don't have time for relationships we're subconsciously taught. you got to produce you got to be on the go. Oh, you sold five today. We expect you to sell ten next week and twenty the week after that and thirty the week after that. We're taught today to get all that we can and then can all that we get and then go get a bigger can. And our self-worth is derived by our possessions and our productivity. Oh, the bumper sticker reads, He who has the most toys at the end of life wins. No! No, he who has the most toys at the end of life still dies. American culture teaches us to be private, to be prideful, to be productive, to be preoccupied. Busy. Busy is the name of the game today. Ask somebody how they are. And most of the time they'll say, busy. Busy. It's the name of the game. We're running here, we're running there, we're doing this and that and something else. Never before has a society been so busy. Relationships, not on your life. There's no time for relationships. Three things about relationships this morning. Number one, we were created for relationships. Number two, we are conditioned against relationships. And the third thing this morning, we are completed through relationships. 
We are completed through relationship. Genesis 2 and 18. God said it is not good that man should be alone. God said it is not good. How in the world could something be not good? God created it. How could it not be good? Man was created perfect. Man hadn't fallen yet. Sin had not happened yet. Sin had not entered into the world yet. Man had not, had not sinned yet. God had provided a luscious garden with all that man could ever need in it. Oh, it was just man and God. You would think that, that this would be the perfect scenario. A luscious garden with everything you could want. A man and his God. And yet after God had created all of this. And after God had created man. And it was man and God. God said it is not good. It's not good. What was the problem? Man was incomplete. I know a lot of people that think all I need is God. Just me and God. I don't need church. I don't need church to serve God. I don't need church. I don't need people. Just me and God. And we're taught that man was created with a hole in his heart. And that God is the only one that can fill up that hole. And hear me clearly this morning. I do believe that man has a God-shaped hole in his heart. I believe that man is born with a God-shaped hole in his heart. And only God can fill that God-shaped hole. But evidently man has more than one hole in his heart. Yes, man has a God-shaped hole in his heart. And everything else that you try and put in there will not fit. It will not fill up that hole. And the only one that can fill up that God-shaped hole in man's heart is God. But I'm going to tell you this morning that man not only has a God-shaped hole in his heart, but man also has a people-shaped hole in his heart. A people-shaped hole in his heart that can only be filled through relationships. With Adam in the beginning, it was just God and Adam. But God said, "This, this is not good. This is not good. I have filled up that one hole in your heart, but there's another hole still in your heart that's not good. That man would walk around with another hole in his heart. Oh yes, absolutely. Man needs God in his life. It goes without saying. But I'm going to tell you this morning that he also needs other people in his life in order to make him complete. I've used this before, but all of us are like the little boy who became frightened in the middle of a thunderstorm and fearful and afraid. He comes into his mom and daddy's room and and he says, I'm I'm scared, I'm scared, there's a storm and I'm scared. And and ask if he could if he could sleep the rest of the night in the bed with mommy and daddy. And daddy says to the little boy, son, don't be fearful, don't be afraid. Go back and get in bed in your own room and Jesus will be in there with you. 
And the little boy said, but daddy, right now, I need someone with skin on. I don't know about you, but there are times that I need God. I'm always in need of God. But sometimes I need somebody with skin on. Sometimes I need somebody that's just like me. And God understood that because when He made man, and it was only He and God, God and man, God said, that's not good. Man is not complete. I must make someone like him. In order for him to be complete, he must have a relationship with someone like him. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 12 says that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Friend, a completed life is made up of three strands. The first strand is God. And the second strand is you. And the third strand is others. And it takes all three strands in order to make life complete. We're trying to do things on purpose around here at New Bethel. Oh, we're going to celebrate every Sunday morning. We're going to come together at 9 o'clock and at 11 o'clock. And oh, we're going to sing the songs of the redeemed. We're going to worship and we're going to praise. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to hear the word of the Lord spoken. Amen. We're going to listen for the voice of the Lord through the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to come on Sunday mornings and we're going to celebrate the goodness and the blessing of Almighty God. We're not on only celebrate. Yes, we ought to celebrate, but that's not all that we ought to do. We're also going to connect. And the second and the fourth Sunday nights of every month, we're going to get into small groups, all groups of six, seven, eight families in a home designed for fellowship. Oh, designed to get to know somebody, get designed to be able to build a personal relationship. You can't build a relationship running in here on Sunday morning and celebrating and running out. And even if we did it three times a week, you couldn't do it. We got to get in a smaller setting and get people together and fellowship. We're calling them connection groups. And we're going to cultivate every Wednesday night. We're going to cultivate. Oh, oh, we're going to develop and improve our Christian walk through education and training. I don't know about you this morning, but I love my church. And because I love my church, I will share my life with my church. And one way that I will do this is by getting personally involved. In a connection group and attending it the second and fourth Sunday nights of every month. If we could get the worship team back in place this morning. Next Sunday we're going to ask you to join a connection group. We're going to ask you to join a connection group. A small group of about seven families or so that will meet together. On the second and the fourth Sunday evening from six o'clock in the evening to seven thirty in the evening. Twice a month, second and fourth Sunday nights of every month in somebody's home. Understanding that the purpose is primarily fellowship. Getting to know several families in the church. And we're going to encourage you to fellowship. We're going to encourage you to pray one for another. We're going to ask you to adopt one another into your little family. 
and watch out for one another and get to know one another and look out for each other when you, when you see them at church or any other time. We're hoping that in time you will develop lasting friendships and you will feel comfortable enough to share your heart. I love my church. And because I love my church, I'm going to share my life with my church. I'm going to get connected. Father, I thank you today for this challenging word today. Father, I thank you for a wonderful group of people that you have sent to us here at New Bethel. We believe we have some of the greatest people in the world. And yet we are alarmed and we are concerned because we have so many of our people that the only time we see them is when it's time to celebrate. And then we see people leave the church from time to time and the reason they leave, and they leave saying we love the worship and we love the preaching. But we just haven't made a connection. We just haven't found a friend and we've got to have a friend. And although they love what is going on in the celebrating part of the church, they leave the church because they've not made a connection. And so by design and on purpose, we want to grow our church and see it get bigger by getting smaller. By purposely getting people connected with each other. Father, I pray, Lord, that our people will respond. I pray, Lord, that they'll see this as more than a program. I hope and I pray that they'll see